Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Uh, This should be a familiar passage of of Scripture, but we're going to dig into it line by line like we always do, and you're going to see some things and learn some things about Mary that perhaps you never saw the way that you're going to see this morning. Verse 26, now in the sixth month of the pregnancy of John the Baptist's mother, you know, Jesus and John were, were cousins, by the way. They were related by birth, but they became allies by choice. Genetics creates your relatives, but only we can choose our friends. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. And we see here that God took the initiative in redemption. And he took it entirely upon his shoulders and and, and on himself. And, And what was about to happen was completely God's idea and nothing that anyone cornered or pushed God into. This was not something, you know what, God said, okay, man messed up, let me figure something out. God knew before he created us that he would have to do what he did in this narrative. Well, this this angel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, experts tell us that, uh, you know, the the more untruthful a, a narrative is, the vaguer the storyteller has to be about the facts in the story. And the longer and typically the more spelled out a a, a story is or the retelling is, the more likely that the narrative or the story is true. But what what happens here or or what we see is is that the gospel writers are so specific and we see names, we see places, we even hear about the weather, we we, we know about bloodlines, sometimes the Bible digs into the, the time of day. And because of these details, it's very difficult to discount the, 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 the narratives and, and the reports of the men and women uh, that we read about uh, in the Bible. And in verse 27, it says, an angel went to a virgin. Now, watch this, though. You know, we're so familiar with the story, we look back on it, it's like, okay, she was a virgin. But, you know, uh, right now, by the way, if God had to find a virgin today, there'd be about five or six. Okay. But... The, <laughs> That wasn't in my notes. See, stop it, stop it, stop it. Okay. Okay. So, the the angel went to a virgin, and you see, the details get more and more specific. Not just a female, but, but a young female who's not yet sexually active. So, okay. And then it says, not just a young female, but she was betrothed. So she was at a special point uh, in her marital status. You know, marriage was really a two-step process at this time in history. You began by uh, putting some money down, if you will, uh, paying a dowry, and it was called the betrothal. And, and okay, I, I got to behave today, and, and we're, we're gonna do good. Don't, she said, don't behave, but then you regret that, okay. <laughs> But, but what we see here is, is Joseph, again, he, kinda, he had already put the money down, and, and 
Listen, ladies, if he's not willing to pay for you, if he's not willing to invest in you, see, I'm about to start. <laughs> you need to go on, because he's a buster. You need to go on to the next one. You hear what I'm saying? But, but the ancients got it right. They, they were like, if you ain't opening up your pocket, I'm not pulling. Okay, okay. All right. Um, you started it. You. You still with me in the overflow? Okay. To a virgin betrothed. So, you know, when, when you're betrothed, there were public announcements that went out and, uh, you know, you, you already mailed out your invitations and, and, and the family was aware of it. Everybody knew about it. And, and all that was left was the final ceremony that sometimes took about a year or so before it happened and the honeymoon. And this woman... Again, she was not just engaged, she was at a very specific point, so all these details matter, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Now, Mary was, was probably in her early teens and Joseph just a little bit older. And you may ask, why did people marry so, so young back then? Why did God let this, this happen? Well, at that time in history, the average age of a person was typically only around 30 years old or of age. So, so what you learn to do is kind of get it in as early as possible because you, you weren't going to be there that long. So the ancients had to marry young, uh, but I think some of our young people are marrying too late now. You, you know, it, it doesn't take you 28 years to make up your mind in, in my opinion. Okay, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Okay. Okay, see? But, but the reason we're getting married so late is because we have so many options before marriage. So why rush into an arrangement you already got the benefits of? This is Christmas! All right. All right, so the virgin's name was Mary. So, so, so far, all the facts are clear, the details are, are clear and laid out, and, and any of the locals that had heard this narrative uh, during this time and was curious about the story could, could go and investigate and check the facts for themselves. You see, uh, Nazareth was not really, a, it wasn't a big city. In fact, it might have had a population of 200, max people estimate maybe 300, but it was a very, very small village where most of the people were related, and, and Aunt Gertrude and, and Aunt Bessie were always peeking out their window, and, and Miss Betty was always on the porch, and, and, and nobody could keep a secret in a town this small. And, have, and, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice. You see, did, did you know that God wants you to be happy? He wanted Mary to be happy, and he wants us to be happy. 
But the difference is it's a type of joy the world can't give and the world can't take it away. It's, it's, a, it's a different type of joy and it's a different type of happiness. But a lot of us are afraid of God because we think he's this mean God that's going to beat us over the head. But, but his invitation to, to marry was, hey, I want to invite you into happiness. I want to invite you into joy. And, and this angel comes to her and says, 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 hey, lady, I want you to rejoice. I want you to be glad. And this Christmas, God wants you to have a merry Christmas. You hear what I'm saying? Not just a grumbling. And, and a sad, depressed, but a merry, merry Christmas. And merry Christmas fits this time of year based on Scripture. It said, rejoice highly, favored one. And here are the facts. Mary was young. Mary was female. Mary was unmarried. And she was poor. So when she heard this greeting, she's scratching her head. Like, why would anyone address me this way. But God doesn't see us the way people see us. And if we can only see ourselves as God sees us, half of our battles would already be won. And the angel comes and says, Mary, you may not realize this, but the Lord is with you. Now we know if God be for you, right? Who? See, I learned this this week when we were talking with the bank about some details. If you focus on the giant, you're going to fall. But if you focus on God, your giants will fall. Pay attention to me. And in this life, you can't forget for a second who goes before us and who stands behind us. Frederick Douglass said in the most difficult of times, he says, one in God always makes a majority. And if God is on your side, I don't care if you're poor, I don't care if you're female, I don't care if you live in a place called Nazareth where never, no one ever heard of you and you have no power, no prestige, you are nothing according to society. If God be for you, who can be against you? And then he said, and this was a revelation to her, blessed are you among women. Again, as I said, some people think God's always mad at them. And here's the truth. God is angry at our sin. He, he, he is angry at some of our dumb choices. He does get mad at our fear and our unbelief, but he loves you and me. I want to show you something. Show, show that child. Now, do you hate the child or you just want to remove the dirt? Now, we come to him like that child. And when he starts scraping and scrubbing, you're like, well, God, maybe you don't, don't, don't love me. Maybe, maybe you don't care about me. Well, but he's just trying to deliver you from the dirt. He loves you. He hates the filth. He said, blessed are you among women. Notice he didn't say above women, but among women. Mary was a good lady, but she wasn't above anybody. We can learn from Mary like we can learn from Sarah, we can learn from Rebecca, we can learn from Rachel, but we're not to worship her. But when she saw him, this huge angel, angel she was troubled at his saying. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the ghost of Christmas past. You know, the ghost of shoulda, coulda, woulda. When, when it sits at the bed and, and you go over the years, like, man, I shoulda this, I coulda this, uh, Lord, I, I, I woulda done this. But what I want to show you today, this is really important. The average person's greatest regret 
will not be the things he or she did in life, but the things he or she didn't do when they had the chance. So watch this little girl. When she saw Gabriel, she was troubled, not just because he was a big guy that kind of showed up out of nowhere, but, but at what he said, at his saying. And you could get so used to the lies told to you that the truth starts to trouble you. And when she heard this, this, this other world perspective that somehow, though she's poor, she's blessed, that, that somehow, though, 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 though she's female, she, she's still blessed amongst other females. And, and when she heard this message, she, she, she's a little bit troubled in mind. And watch this. And, and, and as she considered what manner of greeting this was. Now, watch this. Mary was not this simple-minded, naive little girl. She thought through what Gabriel said to her. Mary was, was one of those women who knew how to think for herself. And one of the most dangerous things for a poor girl at, at that time in history was for her to think for herself out loud. But Mary did it. And the angel said to her, because she's troubled and she's thinking, do not be afraid. You see, when, when your appointment with destiny finally comes, it's going to be a lot like Mary's situation here. Fear will start hunting you down. Doubt will start hunting you down like a pack of wolves. But here's the deal. One doubt by itself seldomly doesn't have the power to take you out. But if you let them team up and encircle you, it's just a matter of time. So, so Mary is, 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 is kind of fighting the... the, the, the the, the vultures that are trying to land on a mine and saying, this can't be you. Do you know who you are? You're not all that. And what is this greeting? Blessed are you amongst women. I'm not blessed. You see, the blessed you ain't even got no money. And, and all that stuff is, is, is in her head. But immediately, Gabriel steps in and helps her resist her doubt. He said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor. You see, you don't, I don't, if you got favor, you don't need no money. If you got favor, you don't need no cultural status. If you got favor, you don't have to be a man in a man's word. You hear what I'm saying? He said, Mary, you have found favor with God. And you see, this woman was out there minding her own business. She, 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 she didn't expect any of this to, to, to happen. But you never know that, 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 that when a decision you make for God will change your life forever. Instead of running from the angel, instead of running from the news, I know sometimes when people hear me minister, they're like, what is that? I never heard that before. Well, you need to stick around. Because the truth will sometimes surprise you. And the angel continues because she stayed. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. In that culture, only a father named a child. So we see here Gabriel is speaking for God, and it was God that reserved the right to name his child. And then he goes on to say, this is Gabriel speaking to this little girl out of nowhere, and this child will be great. If any prophecy about Jesus has ever come to pass, it's this one. What are the odds? I mean, what are the chances that, 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 that a little carpenter 
from a little backwater town in, in a territory occupied by the Roman. He wasn't even a Roman who never held political office, never commanded an army, never personally wrote a book. He, he, he never built a city. He, he never drew a drawing. He didn't really amass a whole lot of wealth. He didn't pioneer a new land or, or create some or, or discover some scientific new thing. But somehow this individual became the most recognized figure in human history. I mean, just think about the, 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 the chances of that happening. But the angel said to Mary, in spite of your background, in spite of all these trappings, in spite of what you perceive your, your, your limitations to be, he will be great. And when God puts a word on your life, when God puts a word on your life, it don't matter what the government said, what people say, what matters is what God says. 2,000 years later, because this little girl believed, we're still calling on that name above every name that can be named. And he said, and he will be called, Jewish idiom for he shall be the son of the highest. Here's a question. Why is the Supreme Court called the Supreme Court? Okay, that's not a joke. Because there's no higher authority in the land for anyone to appeal to. See, we think the president's supreme. This president, it's the Supreme Court that's supreme. They're making the decisions that change our nation. Man, I'm starting to go down another avenue again. But here's the point. If Jesus is indeed the son of the highest, not the son of Ahai, but the highest, there's no higher power that we could appeal to for salvation. And if God, the highest, has, has redeemed you and has set you free and has said you are forgiven and you are washed, I mean, what can any lower power say? So what did the devil have to do? What does your neighbor have to say about your life? If the highest has already commanded you are free, you are redeemed, you are washed, you are cleansed. It's as if you never sinned before as far as I'm concerned. I love you more. If the highest has made a decision to love you, who's going to appeal that decision? This is what Christmas is about. And he said, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. This part of the prophecy will be fulfilled when Christ returns, but let's keep reading. And of his kingdom there will be no end. You see, this baby would not just serve for four years. And then if people liked him, he might get another four. No, no, God was establishing forever stuff. The, the, the stuff that only God has the aptitude to handle. See, I can handle five minutes. I might even be able to handle a, a lifetime. But for someone to be in control of all eternity, that's a big order. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? She says, I don't know a man. Again, Mary's not this little thoughtless girl. She had farm animals in the backyard. She knew more about the birds and bees by the time she was six, seven years old than most of us know grown. And she was like, well, Mr. Angel, I know how life works, and uh, I'm not out there like that. Please help me understand exactly what you're saying. And the angel, you know, didn't get mad at her. She, 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 she you know, asking good questions is half a learning. So, so the angel answered and, and, and said to her, said, no, 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 Mary, it's not going to be like that. That's not what I'm talking about, Mary. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
Mary, I'm talking about something su- completely supernatural. I'm not, I'm not talking about what you see in the backyard. I'm talking about God Almighty doing what's not been done in this way ever before. It said, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, therefore, also that the one who is born will be called the Son of the Most High God. Now, now this does harken back to, to something that has happened before, though, though it's unique in that it's God himself, but... but, but the language here, when it says that the, the Holy Spirit shall, shall brood over you or hover over you or shall, shall sha- overshadow you, reminds us of how the Bible opened that creation. Does anyone remember in the beginning God said, let there be, uh, no, actually before the, in the beginning there was God, and, 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 um, and then he went on and said that the, the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. So at the dawn of creation, you had this Holy Spirit hovering and, and shadowing, waiting for God to, to speak his word. And without a human father, God exclusively created the, the, the body of the first man, Adam. And here's the thing, he was about to do it again. Yeah. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. So I want you to see the mercy and compassion of God. God didn't leave Mary out there by herself. She was about to receive a miracle, but, but then he appointed Ken to receive a miracle so she could have company. And it's amazing how God cares about the small things and, and how the little things matter. And, uh, you know, for years, though, you know, people whispered about Elizabeth because if you couldn't have a baby, you were considered cursed or so you did something wrong in your life. And, and all her life, she had heard people whisper about Elizabeth because she couldn't have a baby. And it was the same week that, that Elizabeth, it's not in the Bible, but the same week Elizabeth got her first AARP card, the first, <laughs> as soon as she got it. God waited to that week for her to get pregnant. See, we serve a God that delights in impossibilities. He eats the impossible for lunch. Yeah, he chews it up and spits it out like a bone. He said, and this is now the sixth month for her who's lived a lifetime where she couldn't produce no fruit. And for, for a woman in that period, man, if you couldn't you know, uh, uh, give birth to some field hands. It impacted you financially. If you couldn't give birth to children, it, it impacted your reputation. It said it's, it's a six month for her who was called barren. But, but what we see here, almost as impossible as it was for Elizabeth to have a child, it was as impossible as it was for Mary to have a child in her circumstance. Now, Mary still had eggs, but Elizabeth was out. But in both cases, God made it happen. Verse 37. For with God, no thing, nothing will be impossible. What I'm learning is that all the impossibility really lies within us. When we try to measure God's ability based on the limitations of our unbelief, that's when we get frustrated. But in Genesis 18, 14, God asked Abraham. In Jeremiah 32, in verse 27, he asked Jeremiah. In Luke 18 and 27, he asked Peter. Here's the question. Is anything too hard for God? And as we get ready to approach this new year, God is asking you the same question. Is anything too hard for God if a little girl without a man can have a baby? If an old woman who's been barren all her life and is past the age of having children can have a baby, don't tell me what I can't do in your life. 
one point, the Lord said to me, Derek, you're so committed to what you can't do. I mean, I mean you, you are so married to, you, 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 I mean, you, 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 you are totally convinced by, 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 about your limitations. You, you, you just lock me out. But if you would only believe. And some of us are so convinced by our limitations. So convinced by what we can't do. For Barry, it might have been too early. For Elizabeth, it was too late. So you're going to hear both of those. It's too I can't do it yet, or, or now it's too late. But here's the deal. We serve a God that majors on the impossibility. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.